everyone, and welcome to the Bell Collective podcast. Bell Collective is a community for professional women who want to change stereotypes surrounding female travel and creative choices. And I'm your host, Alina Rudia. Today, my guest is Yulia Kivela, a Russian photographer who moved to Finland and fell in love with the Nordic nature. In this episode, we discuss animal photography, cultural specifics of the Finnish society, and why TikTok is not as bad as it seems. Hi, Julia. Hi. How is it going? <laughs> Great. We have sunny weather now. <laughs> really? In Finland? Yes. <laughs> that's that's not what I've heard about the, about the place. <laughs> I know, but it's been very nice autumn so far. It's very beautiful. Is it already like the fall season? The daily, the colors are changing? How yes, even in Helsinki, it's starting to be very yellow here. Oh, wow. North that's... is already off a bit, but Helsinki is very nice now. Yes. I've I've never been to Helsinki. My father, I remember like after after the Soviet Union collapsed, like that was the first country and the first actually city he went to, he visited like ah. the first Western uh, city. Yeah, Helsinki. I remember he, he liked it very much, but I somehow never managed to go. You have to visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's really warm today in Berlin as well. But um, yeah, the, the colors are still quite green i think the fall will start probably in like a maybe in a week or two maybe mid-october usually here but i'm really pleased with the weather i think it's just kind of like how they how they call it like indian summer so probably Ah. still a few a few nice days or maybe a week left uh, of good weather and then we're doomed by i don't know four five six months of winter and gloom and everything which i don't <laughs> like about berlin in, in in the cold weather well uh, winter in helsinki is not very nice either it's quite dark <laughs> but well, in the north it's beautiful it's white it's snow oh yeah i mean your nice. pictures your pictures are always from the north of the country I, like i love those and uh, actually yeah let's just start talking about you and your photography Uh, Mm -hmm. let's uh, probably you should introduce yourself a little bit to our audience Um, I know that you are from Russia but you live in Finland now and you photograph Finnish nature so uh, yeah how how did that happen yes so hi I'm Ulei Kivela I'm originally from St. Petersburg Russia and a love brought me here although we are not uh, longer together anymore Uh yes but I live here in Finland in Helsinki do you speak Finnish fluently I speak okay. <laughs> it's, it's a difficult language, but I understand and I can speak, yes. All right. Well, I mean, that, that, is, that is already cool to speak the language mm-hmm. of the country you live in. And uh, so uh, did you do photography before you moved to Finland or did you actually start uh, after you moved? I think seriously, I started after I moved to Finland. I always been interested in photography. My grandfather was a photographer and my first camera I got like 18, 19 years old. But then I was just photographing like absolutely everything. My friends, some subjects, like some some objects, uh, like high heels, some apples, night skies. But then at some point when I moved to Finland, I fell in love with the Finnish nature and I started to take pictures of nature and that's where my passion started to photography for real <laughs> but what did you actually do before uh, like did, what did you study or where did you work like what what was your uh, profession before you uh, became a photographer i was studying fine arts and uh, graphic design 
And when I moved to Finland, my first years, I was working as a graphic designer. But then this time, um, it evolved to just being a photographer. All right. No, I'm not doing any more graphic design. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you, don't, you don't miss it? Or like, why, why don't you do it anymore? You just like... Uh, no, so much... I don't miss it. I just started to love photography so much and started to focus on it. And that's why I completely switched to photography. Okay, so that was actually my next question. So photography now is your main career? Yes, it is my main career. I mean, I love your photographs of nature and especially of animals because I think uh, I, I do photograph landscapes a lot as well. But like when it comes to animals, I don't even know like where to start or where to find them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how, how comes that you were traveling to uh, Lapland and to the north of the country so much? How did you actually started with photographing animals? Uh, photographing, anim photographing animals, I started just in the urban areas and if you start to go like every morning at 4 a.m or 3 a.m out you will find some some animal foxes raccoon dogs badgers and other small animals what can live uh, together with humans so i started to do my photography with them and I really love to talk, take photos, for example, of foxes. They are incredible animals, very curious, uh, very intelligent, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. But that was like in, in Helsinki area first, right? Well, not so much in Helsinki, but close to Helsinki, like um, Helsinki area, not in the city itself, but like close by, like Espo, Kirkonumi. Finnish people yeah, don't know. These, name, <laughs> these names tell me a lot. <laughs> because, I mean, of course, Kirkkonumma, that's like a place I've, That's where I, I go like every weekend for a short trip. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like I, when I used to live in Ukraine, uh, when I lived in Ukraine, like I didn't see any animals in, in the city. I didn't even see any animals outside the city. And I think in the post-Soviet Union, the only like, the only, even if I would visit my grandmother or great-grandmother in the village, I would not see any wild animals. This, this was so weird for me coming like to Germany and then actually seeing foxes and even like wild pigs in the city, like in the parks. This was so weird. And even now I'm living like in a very lively part of Berlin in Prenzlberg and there, sometimes I would walk at night and I would see like a few, like foxes just like minding their business, running across the street. This was like totally impossible to see in the post-Soviet Union. I don't even know why. I mean, were they yeah, no, dead weird. or scared? They tried to um, uh, shoot all the animals nearby because they can uh, spread the disease and mm -hmm. try to protect people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's actually, really weird. Yes, I never seen in St. Petersburg. Well, it's a very big city, but yeah, I never seen there animals. Yeah, I I think here I I also read something that if you would find a wild animal in Berlin, and if it's for example somewhere next to people's places, like next to the houses, uh, then if you call police, for example, they would actually send a hunter to to hunt it down. So actually, like, it's still kind of they they found animals who live in the city is dangerous to people, which is kind of sad because, I mean, it's their, their only home probably. If they live in some park, mm -hmm. yes. it's probably their own home. So 
And I've okay. never seen a diseased animal. I've never seen diseased animal in Finland. Of course, you can never know, but ne like no animal tried to attack me here, except okay. reindeer. <laughs> oh, a reindeer tried to attack you. <laughs> yes, I was photographing them in the mating season and they can be a little bit aggressive. <laughs> okay. Too close and um, a male was not happy about it and he was showing me with all his body and sounds that he's not happy about it. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, uh, that's, that, that sounds a little bit dangerous. Actually, my next question would be, uh, so if you are uh, photographing animals, obviously you're not coming too close. Uh, you're probably like sitting somewhere hiding so that they yes, don't see you. Yes, there should be a distance between a uh, person and animal, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you, do you actually some, like, how does it happen? Do you actually know where they will be or like you will wake up at four o'clock in the morning going searching for them and then you sit somewhere behind the tree and wait to somebody to come, to, for some animal to come out? Like how, how does the search for a good photograph actually happen? Well, first you would need to find where the animal lives and then after you successfully find it, <laughs> you need to come there um and just wait it can be like four hours five hours uh, six hours of waiting and really? mostly of, of the over the night and to sunrise yes and when you do that do you usually do it with other photographers or with your friends or how, how sometimes, did you actually... yes. sometimes with other photographers okay that's that's kind of cool that's kind of cool and what kind of lenses do you use because i think like you you need a telelens to photograph yeah well for any wildlife i don't have so good telelens it's um 7200 i wish to have a bigger one mm -hmm. <laughs> but for now it's just 7200 yes at some point i will upgrade to 400 or 500 wow yeah i mean i also have a 7200 and i photograph this is actually my favorite lens to photograph with because most of the time it's just, um, yeah, I really like this condensed feeling and like this layering layers uh, pressed together in one image when you're using the telelens. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, when I was in Namibia with my friend, uh, we had 7,200 lenses and there were animals, but sometimes it was like still way too far. Not enough, yes. Yeah, it is not enough. And you, of course, it's want good to come. It's good the beginning and I like what kind of result it gives, especially if, um like animals come close to you, mm -hmm. then you can get really nice portraits of them. Yeah, I, I really love those. Like you have those, um, uh, these pictures of uh, a baby fox, a mama and a baby fox. It was so, so mm -hmm. cute. Uh, <laughs> I think we had, it, we had it at the exhibition, at the Bell Collective exhibition in Berlin here. And like, I think a lot of people really, really love that picture. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's actually interesting. So you were just waiting there and then like this two little fox, like the, the mama and, and the little baby fox, they just came out and you photographed them. Yeah, I knew that there was a den nearby, like their mm -hmm. home place. And I was just waiting where, uh, when the mom comes from the hunt, she brings usually some food for babies and they, they all gather around. And usually babies, they stay in a den until mom comes. Mm -hmm. so it was a moment when the mother, mother came gave food then they ate and then she started to clean uh, these babies and that's why she's like licking the head the uh, baby fox in the photo oh yeah oh yeah that's cute <laughs> yeah, i think baby animals are always super super nice uh, they, are to they are cute <laughs> yes yeah I, I see i saw also oh that's a, is it a wolf uh 
in Lamin Tupa. No, it's a dog. I think it's a dog. It's a husky dog here. But it looks like a wolf. Wolf dog, yes. Wolf dog, yeah. Oh, they, I, I, I really love huskies because they uh, very often have like uh, blue and they, they always have like two different colors of their eye, like two different colored eyes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this, this is always so cool to photograph. Sometimes they can have brown eyes and inside the brown eyes, there's a blue part. It's also very beautiful. Oh yeah, and that is, uh, this is actually an interesting mutation because it happens quite often in those. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yes. mm -hmm. I'm looking at your pictures right now and I just love the one from also from Lapland. So how often do you actually go from Lapland or is it like all these pictures are probably from one trip? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, or like yeah how often do you actually go there well quite often in autumn i go at least two three times i was already this year once and i will still go at the end of october mm -hmm. then there are a couple times and in the end of summer i don't know like five times in a year about are you usually like you're also an Instagram influencer, so you have a, a lot of followers. So are you invited by the region? Like tell tell me about uh, my audience also a little bit about how that works, like the business part. Uh, are you invited maybe by some hotels to go there or do you promote the region? Like how that happens? Yes, uh, often we go with friends and we rent a cottage in Lapland or then um, I do collaborations with hotels or regions. Well, this is, uh, and uh, if you go, like, Lapland is is tremendously beautiful. Like, I really, this is the part, the, this is part of Finland. I don't know anything about the rest of the Finland, but the pictures uh, I see from Lapland are just uh, absolutely incredible. And I would love to come. Maybe we should, <laughs> maybe we should go together one day. Maybe you'll show <laughs> me how to, how to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and wait for a reindeer to, 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 to come. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, let's go. Well, actually, luckily, reindeer, they like, they roam all day around, so it's not difficult to photograph them. They're all the time there. Yeah, I saw that, like, most of the pictures I see here of uh, reindeers, at, uh, they're during the day, so it's not like yeah, they very are doing early. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. This, there's one of who's like sleeping and with his eyes closed behind. Oh, this is just so, this is just too cute to handle. <laughs> um, so, but recently you also switched uh, more to a lifestyle. Uh, so your account uh, doesn't show that many animals anymore, but also a lot of pictures of uh, like, yeah, just basically places you're going. And uh, sometimes it's like more of uh, yourself on the pictures. Uh, why is this switch? Or like, is it like uh, some kind of a business decision? Because I think for many followers, it's also interesting to know how does, uh, you know, how does it, this kind of influencer and business part of Instagram work? So, uh, yeah, what about, like, why this switch? Yeah, I kind of started to be more interested in different types of photography, and lately it's been uh, lifestyle, hotels, uh, travel destinations, and I try to focus on that because it's really in interests me um, lately. But are you planning also to move uh, a little bit outside of Finland uh, and also show other travel destinations more? Or, yeah, or are you still keeping this um, Finnish uh, focus? Of course, I will travel the most, I think, always in Finland because I really love Finland. And, but I would be interested, of course, in traveling around the world and um, photographing different amazing places. Of course, yes. Yeah, so I can Finland see. and abroad. 
yeah, I can see now like this really beautiful pictures of Portugal and uh, yeah, I'm actually going to Portugal to Algarve uh, this weekend. We'll see uh -huh. how it goes with the whole um, Corona part. Okay. I mean, we're going to go, we're going to be surfing. So we're going to oh, be wow. away. Yeah, we're going to be away from like huge crowds. So I hope that will be fine. Yes. Um, but we'll see what other regulations are after we come back. We probably will have to either to be in a quarantine or actually we'll have to, I don't know, do a test and sit at home and wait until the results come. So we'll see. But like the pictures of your, uh, like you, you have from Portugal are really, really nice. Thank so you. Looking I'm really looking forward to seeing more pictures also from um, different uh, from different countries, not only Finland, even though like your pictures of Finland are so amazing that it makes me want to go because it was never really on my list somehow. I don't know why. Huh. <laughs> Probably like Lapland, but not not the rest. <laughs> yes, everyone knows Lapland in Finland, but there are many other amazing regions. Actually, I, every time I travel in Finland, I find myself new place, new interesting locations, um, new experiences, like and very different from each other. So mm -hmm. big country. But um, also, I didn't really ask you this because I, I used to ask this uh, all my previous <laughs> uh, all my previous guests in the beginning. But how was the whole and how is the whole Corona uh, situation in Finland? Uh, did it actually influence uh, your your work, your travels, or how is it actually like? How is the country dealing with it, and what situation right now? Well, now we have second wave, so it's not doing very well. And in my job, personally, at the beginning, it was pretty horrible. I, <laughs> all my deals for summer was cancelled, and I was scared. But then. Um, after June or July, it started to gain it back and I got more collaborations, deals and more job offers. And mm -hmm. I think now it's back to normal in a uh, job sense at least. Mm -hmm. And how is it like in the, in the city, for example, do you have to wear masks everywhere or? Uh... Well, in the recommendation, yeah, better to wear a mask, especially in public transport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so it is better because in Berlin you have to wear a mask. It's like, a recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been to Switzerland uh, a few like a, a few weeks ago, and they also have in most cantons they're like recommending wearing a mask, but it's not a, but it's not an obligatory obligatory. But here in Berlin, for example, if you go to a supermarket or you ride a train, you have to. This is mm -hmm. like Pflicht, they call it. In you the get most. a fine or like ticket if you don't wear a mask. To be honest, I don't know. I mean, there are obviously some people who would just not wear it, but most people do. I mean, I haven't, like, I, I've never seen a situation where somebody would not, but yes, I mean, I think that there is definitely a fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure how much, but most people just, like, obviously they, I mean, on the streets, you don't have to wear it, so it's fine. And I think this is why people are ready to actually wear it in the supermarket or somewhere, because, like, on the streets, you're still free. And if you go to a restaurant, you just... It's also like with a little bit of weird, I mean, I'm not a microbiologist and virusologist, uh, obviously, but it's just a weird kind of 
uh, rules where you will ha have to wear a mask while you're walking to your table in a restaurant, but then when you sit down, you can like take it off, obviously, <laughs> because it's really hard to eat <laughs> with a mask on. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I really honestly, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've got myself some like uh, really fun masks to wear and I'm always getting compliments from people because uh, I have some very party masks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I even I got one. Basic masks. <laughs> yeah, I even got a mask with LED, so it's a, it's like you can charge oh. it with a USB cable, and then you put it on, and it's party on your mouth. <laughs> you have some advanced masks there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is on Amazon, so uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's fun because like I've uh, people just come to you, and they're always like, "Oh, wow! I just want to tell you that your mask is so great." <laughs> it's, uh, this is something. A, a sentence I would never imagine mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody ever will tell me but obviously the time changed uh, for mm -hmm. sure so talking a little bit more about like you were telling about how your deals were cancelled so a lot of people wonder uh, like yeah how does this influencer life work like how did you act when did you actually start getting offers and uh how do you get offers today like do you get direct messages from companies or do you are you actually in some kind of social media agency which offer you jobs and um yeah uh, usually i get direct messages from companies mm -hmm. or from the companies with who they work and it started like i don't know like five years ago i got my first deals <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a long way long way of being influencer Yes, and nowadays I do a lot of um, travel destinations in Finland, mm -hmm. and I want to show that people has uh, that, that <laughs> and I want to show that Finland has many places, not only Lapland, that it's uh, different, amazing regions here. Yeah, that's that, that that is really cool, and like I'm I'm also looking through all these destinations. Definitely makes me all oh, this Aurora Hut, Kotkahamina. Mm -hmm. Yes, Kotkahamina, very, very lovely place. Yeah, it looks very, very nice, especially with the fog and the water. This, this just looks amazing. And do you actually ever travel back in Russia? Like, do you go to Russia often and do you travel there or not at all? Well, since Corona, I haven't been there. Like, mm -hmm. I, last time I've been in St. Petersburg was in November uh, last year. So, and usually I travel at least two times a year. Mm -hmm. yes, now it hasn't. Like because of Corona, I, I wasn't able to travel now mm -hmm. or friends. Okay, but it's like, I mean, it's very close, so. Yes, it's very close. <laughs> was it, it's actually interesting because I'm also like, uh, till now I was actually speaking mostly to people who are from the country where they were born and I myself uh, am a foreigner also in Berlin. <laughs> so you're also a foreigner. Do you see a big, uh, some kind of like a big, mentality difference between people like russian people and finnish people or or not oh yes i see it's a big difference so what what are the biggest like differences which you probably were like were you shocked by something when you actually moved to finland finnish people like simple life they don't like to show off and they're very honest what about attitudes to towards women like i mean Finnish, fin Finland should be like really... It's very equal, yes. Yeah. I have never had problems with um, my work because of that. Mm -hmm. 
And do you, uh, do you remember like being in Russia? Was it different? Like, do you ever think that it could have been better there? In Russia, I worked as secretary and uh, administrator in business center. Well, I wouldn't say that there was a problem for me also with that there. Maybe I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, I just remember myself uh, a lot uh, when I was younger and I never thought of discrimination or gender inequality. But when I think back now, I think that there were a lot of things which I just took for granted. You know, like people would call me like honey or older men would uh, teach like, like basically patronize me or mansplain something to me. And I never even thought that it was like not normal. I just thought like, ah, oh, I can just ignore it. And now that I think it from perspective of living in Germany, like I also noticed these little things which before I didn't even notice. So I think that's probably like a lot of, because especially like, you know, when you live, like you always notice the things like from the distance better. So whenever I now like come from Germany to Ukraine, uh, then this kind of little things, they just pop so brightly. And before they was just like part of a normal life. So I, I never thought of them before like that. So maybe that also happened to you, I don't know. Well, at work, it never happened to be. My director was um, addressing me with full name. And maybe like if I was in bars or walking on streets, guys were trying to approach me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Here they are more like not doing this. <laughs> so <it looks> like <laughs> Finnish, Finnish guys are very much like German guys because I think I've I've heard so many complaints from women, <laughs> actually in a kind of like complaints about guys not approaching because even like in, in a totally innocent way, just like oh I don't even know how to meet people because they are all so shy and they're not talking to you. They're not looking at you. And uh, well, I think they're being polite just, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm a little bit shy, of course, but in bars, they're not very shy. So <laughs> I don't think in Germany guys also shy in bars. Mm, yeah, it depends. I think like a lot of people saying that, you know, that even in bars and clubs, uh, the guys would never like really approach you. Uh, oh, and okay. uh, I, I don't know, like, honestly, I didn't have such a big experience with, uh, like, my husband, he's, like, I would call him almost German. He, he grew up in Germany, but he's actually Czech. So I think uh -huh. we always love that we, we are, like, a good combination of both West and East. So mm -hmm. he, he got the, the, the good traits from Germans, like, I don't know, functionality. And, and then he got, like, the, the more, uh, I don't know, uh, the traits which are more common in Czech Republic, which is... I don't even know, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just a great guy. That's it. <laughs> I don't have to stereotype him at all. And I wouldn't want to do it. But it's just funny because, like, it's definitely, there are definitely stereotypes which are kind of, like, you don't want to, you don't want to follow them or you don't want to believe them. But some certain traits of, like, people growing in the same area, they, they are there sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. You uh, are you photographing mainly for your Instagram and for your social media, or uh, do you also work with uh, magazines and maybe companies like as a photographer and not as an influencer? Um, I don't work for any magazines, but I do sell my prints uh, and my licenses sometimes, mm -hmm. and then also I do shoot for brands for clothing for travel destinations for different different kind of shootings but not mm -hmm. exactly for one company 
but uh, so basically you said you like you're being approached usually by direct messages, but uh, there's no like a so uh, you you're dealing with all your workload yourself. You don't have anyone help you with I don't know text. Uh, I have text an account. That's yeah, all. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I think in Germany also, like I, I, I used to think that I would manage to do my taxes myself. Mm-hmm. But then I've learned that uh, the most books on accounting and taxes in the world are written in German language because the German taxes are the most complicated <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so I got myself an accountant and I couldn't be happier. Actually, he just reminded me today that I have to do some uh, tax work for him or send him a few uh, invoices. <laughs> so that's actually a good thing because I'm so absent-minded and uh, I would never actually do my like my taxes properly or in time if somebody would not standing over me with a stick yes, telling so me. I don't understand how it works so I need the person who will do that. <laughs> um, I have a question also from from the business perspective. Uh, I, I talked uh, about it with uh, some other of my female uh, guests all of them were female. <laughs> I mean, all of them were women because a bell collective is a collective for women travel photographers mm-hmm. and not only travel photographers. Uh, so um, do you, like, for example, when it comes to money negotiations, uh, I think it's an important part of business. And I think a lot of women, they just don't negotiate, uh, like, I'm not saying as well as men. It's just that uh, there is a common interpretation that women don't get paid as much as men and um, most businesses. So have you ever experienced uh, that, like for example, you would go on a trip together with some other influencers or with some other photographers and you would experience that some, some, for example, guys were paid more than you or that, yeah, like did that ever happen? Well, at the beginning maybe, yes, I was agreeing on deals but was not paid well, Uh, but then I learned to appreciate my work and I, agree on the deal when I'm satisfied with the price. Mm-hmm. So but do you ever communicate to others about like, how, I know this is not a thing to do in Germany, but I think for a lot of women recently started agreeing that we really have to talk about, uh, about uh, salary and about money, because if we don't know how much we're like, how much we're charging each, then we will agree for really, really low prices, you know? Yeah, although somebody can have real, real to high prices. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know for high, but because like I think the big companies, they always try to negotiate the lowest they can. Yes, and, of course. I mean, I've learned it the, the harsh way, I guess. <laughs> and it was very upsetting because like, okay, I, I, sometimes if you're very young uh, or if you're just like new to the business, you just don't know how much you should charge for something, especially... Mm-hmm the uh, usage rights mm-hmm. and uh, do you like for example do you usually have like package deals or do you uh, we're not talking about numbers of course because this is mm-hmm. a pri- like your personal stuff but it's more like do you always usually have a package deals and you just give away the photos for them to use for as long as they want or do you actually write uh, the, uh, the the terms and uh, the uh, usage uh, like how long they they can use the pictures and uh, the separate price for the exactly for the rights uh depends depends i guess but most of the time i give just how it is and without any time limits Mm -hmm. 
but but we talk we do talk with friends here with guys with my girls photographers and we do like you know about prices of each other mm -hmm. it also depends from amount of followers people have if it's influencing the job mm -hmm. so i think it's pretty um um, equal here in this point that it's uh, correct for every okay. person well if people are ready to pay you uh like a really like decent price then it's always a good thing and it's also really good if you can actually talk to your friends or to other photographers about it because i have a feeling that sometimes like in germany uh, it's not uh very appropriate and it's uh, not used people are not used to discuss the prices and i can understand at some point but then at the same time a lot of women you need to know how else you will know <laughs> yeah exactly it's like the worst uh, the worst advice which i probably got when i was beginning like starting it's like know your worth and i'm like well i i don't know like for me in the beginning like maybe 200 euros was a big when i was a student was a big amount of money and uh, obviously it's not the same like if i'm working with a big company so knowing exactly how much i i am worth is is this it's very relative <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of like it's it's complicated sometimes actually I really... lately i feel like because tiktok is a new platform and there are lots of young people mm -hmm. uh, they give very little pri uh, prices for work uh, companies Mm -hmm. ridiculously small <laughs> because i think they approach a lot of young um, influencers yeah. from tiktok and they all agree on these terms and that's why the prices stay very low so far in tiktok i also uh, i was actually uh, reading or listening to a podcast about tiktok um, i don't remember what was it exactly but it was basically about business and tiktok and they were talking about why the prices are low and it's also um, because TikToks are consumed in such an amount, like people never go back. They don't really like save those. And I think like the convertibility of the uh, business side of TikTok is still not very good in mm -hmm. a way. So like people watch the TikToks, but they would not really buy the product. I mean, I, I think it was still also about that, like on Instagram, basically the conversion rate of uh, how many people uh, saw your post and then how many people maybe bought a product, for example, it's like better somehow. So this is why the price is also more up. Okay. But, but you're I right. Yeah. I save in TikTok some videos what I like. <laughs> I <laughs> honestly, like this is too, uh, probably it is too much work for me. Also, mm -hmm. like I find, uh, like I think there are definitely, I, I had a really bad, impression of TikTok, I thought that it's like very, very stupid and silly and mostly exactly just for like teenagers to um, to dance and to do like some ridiculous stuff in front of the camera, which is it, it's often is. But I think there's also a lot of TikTokers who are professionals and maybe it is actually a good time to get into this field because since it's relatively new and there is no like the niches are still open so as a photographer you might do uh, like short videos about photography or something which would actually become popular and maybe you can educate people about i don't know for example about finland or about traveling in finland and finland, like yes. you know like i i really think like i constantly every day i think i should probably start doing something educational on tiktok 
<laughs> but then, yeah, I think like just seeing other people's videos sometimes demotivates me because it's first of all, like, yeah, there's so many, so many of those and uh, people just showing off and it's just like, ooh. well, some videos are really stupid. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's really, really hard to find in this like huge pool of of millions and thousands of of videos actually something useful and probably i just don't have time and patience to find the good ones and mm -hmm. whatever pops out of my feed is always the the, the, the funny ones and the stupid ones <laughs> <laughs> i guess that but uh so you you had a you had a few videos uploaded you said uh, yeah I, I have i actually it's even bigger than my instagram now this tiktok account really Oh, I yeah. didn't check it out. I, I will definitely put your, you will give me the link to your TikTok and I will definitely put it on uh, into, into these uh, comments uh, or, or how do you call it, the notes of the podcast so people can actually uh, also follow your TikTok. And I would love yeah. to, for, to see it uh, as well, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, for sure. All right, uh, so um, maybe we, we should uh, wrap soon. Uh, I think we talked uh, about totally different facets of your work and life and about your life in Finland as well. Um, is there a particular message you want to send to your younger audience, especially young girls, um, yeah, with your, uh, with your work or with your photography or generally now? Is there some kind of message uh, you would give to a young girl who would like to become a photographer? I would love to think that I'm inspiring them to do more outdoors, to love and respect nature, also to travel. And lately I want to inspire them to travel domestically because Finland is great and it has many amazing places. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think that's, uh, that's my message. <laughs> this is great. I think this is, uh, especially uh, like domestic travels. It's like, I, I think that, I personally also like traveled so much in Germany this year and there are so many places I haven't seen before and uh, I think like we really should instead of like always looking for something on the other side of the earth like maybe we should just discover the the treasure Our, next to us. Yes. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like uh, like uh, from that book by uh, Paolo Coelho. Uh, <laughs> Coelho? <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce his name but I remember reading it about a guy who yeah what was the name of the book do you remember no about this uh guy who traveled all around the world to find some wisdom and then he found it finally like just next to next, next doors door. next to him when he was back at home yeah so basically that's that's it well thank you very much uh julia for joining me today it was a really pleasure uh to to speak with you and to talk about animals i think uh, i haven't had an animal photographer uh and i mean i've learned something about uh animal photography uh, i think i will never become one because waking up at four o'clock in the morning and waiting in the bushes for five hours is not my style <laughs> um so <laughs> but it was really great talking to you and i really hope with, with that we will probably meet and even travel sometimes uh, oh, I want to show you Lapland. <laughs> yeah i definitely would love to come to lapland so maybe we should uh, organize something after this podcast <laughs> yes. thank you very much and bye-bye thank you bye-bye and it is a wrap 
Thank you for listening till the end of our Bell Collective podcast. I was very happy to finally talk to Yulia about animal photography as well as to discover her very informative and inspiring TikTok channel. I'm looking forward to speaking to more inspiring women in the podcast to come. So please subscribe, tell a friend about Bell Collective and stay out of the box.